Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and let's look at part three on the evaluation of renal masses. We spoke initially about the importance of non-contrast CT. We spoke about the value of arterial phase imaging and venous phase imaging. Now let's speak about excretory phase imaging. And the term CTRography really is this idea about excretory phase. There used to be lots of different techniques people use. It was articles upon articles. Then as we watch dose, the protocol seemed to get simpler and simpler. Our protocol, we always hydrate patients before the study, and our delay is typically about five minutes. Eight minutes we do on patients with suspected UPJ obstruction, but our experience is four to five minutes gives you good opacification without any beam hardening artifact. When we look with CTRography, as with all of our renal imaging, axial, coronal, and 3D imaging become very critical. With our protocol, this article by Satomi showed that we really get good opacification in well over 90% of cases, and so we can create very beautiful maps of the calyces. You can see here nicely, or here. We can look inside the calyces. Good example of a duplicated collecting system on the left. Again, volume rendering works very nicely. As I mentioned, there's some question about how long do you wait. Now, people would say, well, wait longer, the ureters feel better. But remember from the IVP days, ureters have peristalsis. And so you can wait hours and it may not be filled, or you can wait minutes and it might be filled. So really, four to five minutes is ideal. I also make the point that if you wait more than five minutes or so, things get too bright, you limit the calyceal visualizations, there's too much beam hardening. And also, if you save five minutes a case, you can do a lot more cases in a single day without sacrificing quality. Also, as I'll show you examples, if you have a dilated ureter, I really don't need contrast in the ureter because urine's a great contrast agent, particularly when you give IV contrast. And I like to think about a dilated ureter like dilated small bowel where I'm looking for the transition and urine or water are great contrast agents. Now when you speak about excretory phase imaging, you're typically thinking about transitional cell carcinoma, which make up 10% or so of renal cancers. They're a touch older than classic uh, adenocarcinoma of the kidney. The thing about transitional cell carcinoma is, again, the male to female ratio is higher, and it's one of the tumors that really occurs multiple sites, kidney, ureter, bladder, contralateral kidney. 40% of patients will develop metachronous TCCs of the lower urinary tract in those who have upper tract disease. And again, you can see some magic numbers. This article by Vikram, 2 to 4% of patients with bladder cancer develop upper tract TCC, but 40% of patients with upper tract TCC develop bladder cancer. And what that means is you got to look very carefully at every study that you don't miss a second site of disease. TCC, more common analgesic abuse, a few different carcinogens are spoken about. There's a range of appearances. This nice article by Prandu makes the point. The challenge is when there's subtle abnormalities, it's so easy to miss. Single filling defects when they're subtle are hard to see. Pelvicele irregularities when they're minimal are hard to see. When you have amputation, when you have distension, 
When the tumor is larger, of course, it's very easy to see. And in fact, the biggest challenge with large TCCs is they look very much like other neoplasms, carcinoma, lymphoma, metastasis, or at times infectious etiologies like XGP. Now, when you look at early phase imaging, TCCs can be subtle, because in this case, you're not really seeing any differential enhancement between the two kidneys. And then I'll circle to you, what is this density right here? Hard to really say what that is. Is this a complicated cyst? Is this a soft tissue mass? There's no perfusion changes, so maybe you're not thinking about a mass. But look what happens when I go to excretory phase imaging. Look how the pelvis and the calyces are distorted. Look how the upper pole calyces are involved and infiltrated. And when you go to 3D, look how nicely you see the destruction of the upper portion of the pelvis and the calyceal system. Again, 3D is really good for getting a feel of that visualization. You talk about TCC, in this case, left kidney, you should recognize there's something in the renal pelvis, but maybe you don't. When you look at coronal, you see the amputation of the upper pole calyx, the soft tissue mass, and filling in the pelvis. And look at it in 3D. Look how nicely you see the amputation, the focal dilatation. Just a really nice example. And so it's important to recognize that it's very easy to miss things on the axial report when it's subtle, much easier to represent and visualize when it's in a global perspective. And indeed, that's very important. Now, with TCCs, they can be aggressive. Here's a good example. Infiltration of the left kidney and extension into the left renal vein. Renal vein involvement, we think about renal cell carcinoma. But occasionally, as in this case, transitional cell carcinoma can do it as well. You see it by example here, the infiltration of the upper pole of the kidney. You could think about a renal cell carcinoma, but it's an infiltrating thing. And when you look at it, as I go through the sequence, you recognize that infiltration is more the hallmark of transitional than renal cell. And then when you go to the delayed phase, you can see how I go through the images. Here you see the calyces are not seen. In 3D, they're amputated. The pelvis is infiltrated. So again, in the 3D volume, things are easier. Or this example, look at the right kidney. There's a subtle mass present there, but you can see as you go further, there's something infiltrating. And then as you go to delayed, you see the mass better. Classic transitional cell carcinoma. And in the coronal 3D views, look how nicely you show the amputation of the lower pole calyx. So again, this is the point perhaps. Easy to miss unless you go into 3D. With 3D, you can pick up all of the findings even when they're subtle. And look how easy it was in this case to miss that subtle transitional cell carcinoma of the right kidney. And here's just a series of additional views to show that. Now, what about this case? You look at this case and you say, well, there's some fullness in the left renal pelvis. Maybe it's a little bit dilated. And you give contrast and you say, well, the left kidney, something is wrong because the enhancement is not as good as on the right side. The intensity of the cortical medullary interface is not as bright. And then you look and you say, well, maybe it's just the UPJ on the excretory phase. But then you look more carefully and you say, wait a second. 
But what about that patient's proximal ureter? It's thickened. And what's going on here? Is that a UPJ or is it something more? Well, when you look carefully, there's something more because as you go from the 3D back to the multiplanar, you see that it's not a UPJ, but it's diffuse infiltration of the patient's proximal left ureter up to the UPJ, and that's due to a transitional cell carcinoma. Very subtle, but very important. Now, I mentioned before, I don't worry about delays more than four or five minutes because a dilated ureter works well for me, like a dilated loop of bowel. So here you see very nicely a dilated obstructed right kidney. There's the ureter. You follow it downward and you see the transition point and you rotate the images and you see the patient has a transitional cell carcinoma, nicely seen on the oblique 3D views, but also when you're careful on the axial view. Now I will say that it's very easy to miss because transitions are very subtle. Or another example here, look at the dilated renal pelvis on the right, the dilated ureter and the transition point. The so-called goblet sign kind of looks like a goblet, especially on the oblique views. Now in speaking about the ureter, the ureter is one of the areas I've noticed tumors are commonly missed because Often the ureter is not totally filled. You look at it in the axial plane. It's not really the ideal plane. So you really need to look carefully at the ureters for transitional points, for enhancement, for calcification, and the like. If you look at your ureteral tumors, they're most common in the distal ureter compared to the mid and proximal ureter. And transitional carcinomas account for 90% of ureteral tumors. Average age is a bit older and analgesic abuse and chemical carcinogens are two of the risk factors. We wrote an article a couple years ago talking about how the ureters can be problematic and the importance of 3D imaging. That proper utilization of 3D is incredibly useful in the diagnosis of subtle tumors. Because what 3D does for you, it accentuates subtle strictures or sites of narrowing. It accentuates subtle but abnormal enhancement. You have better visualization of the ureter, particularly distally, and better visualization of flat polypoid lesions. So in this case, you see hydronephrosis, and maybe there's a mass, and when you look carefully, you see the hydronephrosis and hydroureter, and the infiltration around the ureter, which is the patient's tumor. A very nice appearance. Now this article, when stratified by location, urethral thickening was more predictive of tumor, in the pelvis than in the ureter. In contrast, filling defects were more predictive in the ureter than in the pelvic seal system. Well, what do we mean? Well, look at this case, and you say, well, the ureter looks good, the pelvis looks good, and here's just a 3D. And when you look quickly, there's no obstruction, move on. But look at that left ureter. Look how it's irregular. Let me cone down on that. You see that? It's irregular. Yes, you can say, could this be infection? It's a thought. This was a transitional cell carcinoma. Now I think in the ureter, transitional cell and inflammation can overlap. Here's a patient with dilated renal pelvis, thickening around the ureters, nicely shown, and this was infection. I think somehow, sometimes it's really hard to distinguish the two. What you can say is the ureter is abnormal and then you need to go further, maybe with cytology, also looking at the urinalysis.
Another example, ureter lesions are so subtle. Here you see the left and right ureter look okay. And then here it is on delayed imaging. Then I wanted to look at the ureters better, so I took away the bone. Then I noticed in the left ureter there's a crescent present. And I noticed that things are very subtle. But now look at it. If I just go correctly down a bit, I see a donut right there. And then sure enough, when I do the 3Ds, look at that mass. A little better than a one sonoman transitional cell carcinoma. And you'll see an important point here. There's no obstructed ureter. So we always like to think of an obstructed ureter means there's a tumor, but you can have tumor and not an obstructed ureter. And the tumor is not that small. I easily recognize it, but you would have missed it in most cases. And on 3D, look at that transition. Look how nicely you see it. So again, just a beautiful example. And here's another case, hematuria prostate cancer. Look at the left ureter distally. It kind of looks like a ring or donut. Then when I put it in coronal, look how nicely you can see that infiltrating tumor. And when I do it in 3D in this patient with prior uh, surgery in the pelvis for prostatectomy, look how subtle it is. Look how subtle that area in the distal left ureter is, which was a tumor. Very easy to miss. And again, we would think there should be obstruction above, but there's no obstruction. So it's not as simple as you would think. And using the 3D mapping becomes very critical. And here's just a few more examples of that. We talk about other things. What about this case? This was a patient with melanoma and hematuria. Maybe the patient had metastatic disease to the kidney. We didn't see that, but look at the left ureter. Look at that filling defect we see. And there it is on the coronal view. And I'll show you a few more coronals and some 3Ds. Beautiful example of a filling defect. Could this be a primary ureteral tumor? Theoretically, it could. But in this case, this new lesion was a uh, metastatic disease. And so in our article, we spoke, and again, I'll just remind you about the importance of 3D in looking at the ureter, the importance of technique. And there have been other articles. Here was an article by Mullen. Uh, the purpose of the study was to evaluate the yield of repeat CTRography in detecting urinary tract tumors in patients with hematuria. They made the point that if the studies were done correctly, you would rarely find additional information by going back and repeating the study. This Mullen article in patients with hematuria repeats CTU within five years, or rather three years, is unlikely to show a urinary tract malignancy. So that means if you did it correctly, you're not going to miss much. But again, it is a challenge. So I think hopefully I've gone through on three talks a lot of information about the kidney. In this last talk, I focused on excretory phase imaging and the ureter, the importance of protocols, the importance of how we look at the images, that we know what we're looking for, the importance of understanding how tumors infiltrate, how things can be subtle and then become large and invasive if you don't pick them up right away. So it's important to also understand that we are going to pick up more renal lesions than ever because of better scanners, but it's not just detection that we're in the business for. We're in the business for patient care, which really is the ability to... Uh, be more definite as to what the lesions are by following rules. And with that, I'll stop and thank you for your attention.